Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's uh, been a little space and time, a couple of week break there, but uh, glad to be back and glad to be putting out some content for you guys today. I've been wanting to do this for a while with Travis, the uh, taxidermy uh, podcast. So let me preface this by saying a couple things real quick, and then we'll say something about uh, the support that we have too. There is videos that we did on YouTube. If you guys want to see, because I did... Travis did it on a Roscoe's, and people think, oh, we need, we want to see it now on a, a duck, thinking it's different. It's the exact same process. So we might eventually, Travis was kind of mentioned the other day, to do another video just to do it. But really, guys, it's I probably will, but I don't have, have any plans anytime soon. Plus, it's getting super hot for Travis, and he don't. it's really tough for him to do birds in his garage with the high heat that he deals with we deal with here in the central valley california but anyways we probably will maybe do another one eventually maybe just a mallard or something something a little more common people shoot and maybe that visually makes it more sense to people i don't know but <laughs> anyways it's the same process uh Travis is a really good taxidermist um he does have don't argue with me he's gonna I, I would probably do the same thing if i was him i would say that but he's he does a very very good job Trust me, I wouldn't have him do my birds if he didn't, but he's done several birds here in my office and in my house. But uh, so me saying that there is a video on the YouTube channel, Mid-Valley Mercenaries, just look it up, how uh, waterfowl taxidermy, or look anything of that up, and you'll find it on YouTube, Mid-Valley Mercenaries. Or we'll walk you through it. Travis is going to walk you through it. And uh, if some people like to listen more than they do watching, so yeah, we like to do it this way for you guys. But before we go any further in this podcast, just want to say a big shout out to you, Kanuba. They've been feeding Rocky for a year now. You guys know that I still talk about it, still getting the packages. And uh, we really, really, seriously, I do really appreciate them. Like stuff like that means a lot. That, you know, I don't care if it's $40 a month or every two weeks. That's huge. Like that's a big help to me. You know, I've got to buy dog food every couple of weeks for Rocky and they provide that and to make it better, it's like I love that dog food. Yeah, I was already buying it for his him. His coat looks awesome. He's yeah, a beautiful dog. And I was already buying it for him before they started doing that. So just to have that's super cool. And um, got to put him on a little bit of a diet. He's getting a little hefty. <laughs> off, se- off season kills him, and I just don't mention us either, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I got my off season weight on too. I'll call it that. But 
you need to grow the beard back to hide the double chin. But anyways, Yukonub is awesome. And the re- main reason, guys, I really like it is I've had miracle stories, basically, even from Jeff, um, our regional manager, our regional director for Delta Waterfowl. He talks about how it just basically cured his his dog because he had been listening to this podcast and hearing about and he said he decided to try and he goes, I cannot believe it. my dog could barely walk in just a matter of hardly no time. That's awesome. His dog was jumping up on him and like running around the house. That's so, awesome. And it's the glucosamine and the uh, chondroitin that's for the joints. And that's the big thing. Labs are really bad, especially the joints get beat up and tired from all the work they do in the field. So anyways, there's that. You guys know we love Heavy Shot. They really sent us some stuff this year that you're going to be seeing in the videos and the hunts. So we want to say a big thank you to uh, Heavy Shot and also Old Town Kayak and Canoe. Those guys have supported us, sent us awesome kayaks. We're hoping to use them a little bit more this year. We found some spots that we liked last year. It's just a little bit different. But anyways, get all that out of the way. Let's get to the podcast so the big thing, and I'm going to play kind of stupid a little bit with tra- with you, Travis, and you just walk me through it if I have questions I know people ask in videos or if I even have myself. And you can just answer that and try to kind of enlighten us. But yeah. um, we're going to go through the try to go through the whole process. I mean, it's not like we're going to spend an hour on how you skin a bird out, but no, no, no. just give you guys the basics. Um, this one might be a little over the 30 minutes and that's fine. We're not in no rush to get through this. We want you guys, if you want to listen to it and you go back and listen, you can do it. So the first thing that I see people make a huge mistake and you see it all the time as a taxidermist, your friend Eugene is who instructed you and helped you a lot is how people are bringing it from the field to the freezer. Yeah. So can you tell us what is, what is the things people do wrong and what you need to do to do right? to bring your bird from the field to the freezer. So I would start out in the field because that's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, there's there's certain ducks that, of course, if you shoot a very rare bird, a hybrid, something like that, you know, um, of course you want to get that mounted. Mm-hmm. And that's completely understandable. But the mistake that I see uh, quite often is people will shoot a bird early in the season. Say our season starts not late October, and goes to the end of January. So my theory is the later in the, the year that you can shoot that bird, the better result you're going to get. Early in the season, the birds are not fully plumed out. They don't have their full colors. And a lot of times you may shoot even mallards. We've shot some awesome-looking mallards early in the season. But as a taxidermist, when I go to mount them, there's pin feathers all in them, and you don't get as good of a, a pro, end product. Mm-hmm. You know, um you don't take a mud pie and make a wedding cake out of it, you know? Mm. So you need a good bird to start with, first of all. And then when you're out in the field, it's very important that you uh, treat that bird with care. A lot of times what I'll see is people will wring the bird's neck. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that can damage feathers, maybe loosen feathers that you don't see. You know, maybe you wrung that bird's neck and then those feathers are weak and they may fall out. Um, another thing is, you know, Putting, putting straps around their necks, I would avoid doing that. And when you shoot your bird, you want to keep it in a cool place. You don't want to leave it out in the sun um, because heat, bacteria grows in heat. Mm-hmm. And that bird can start, as soon as you shoot it, it's starting the decay process because those tissues are dying. Mm-hmm. And so keeping it nice and cool, you know, maybe put it under the, put it somewhere under the shade. 
Um, keep that burn nice and cool. And then, you know, try to keep it smooth. A lot of times what you'll see too is people shot this nice bird and, you know, they, they go home, they throw it on their counter and they just leave it there. And they're like, oh, I'll put it in the freezer tomorrow. Get that bird in the freezer as quickly as possible. And there's a couple of different things that you can do um, that will help out a lot. Sometimes people will put them in pantyhose. They're like, you know, to keep the feathers all smoothed mm-hmm. out. I tend to uh, not care that no, as no, much. Right? Yeah, because if the bird bleeds or has any moisture on it, when that freezes, a lot of times that stuff can get in the feathers and, you know, can damage the feathers. Sometimes I've seen people shrink wrap a bird. You don't want to do that because that shrink wrapping process, if you don't do it perfectly, can put indentions in the feathers that won't come out. Um, what I like to do is just basically take take the bird, get a wet paper, paper towel, wrap it around the bird's head, wet paper towel, wrap around both feet, and then tuck the bird's head under one of its wings and put it in a basically a Ziploc bag, mm. one that fits, and squeeze the air out and put it in there. Um, and that bird will last probably two to three years pretty easily without um, having much damage. Um, if you think that you're not going to get to your bird for a really long time, I've even seen them. F- I haven't done this personally or seen anybody do it, but it would work is to freeze that thing in a solid block of ice. Now that mm. take up a lot of room, mm. but you've heard things of where they found woolly mammoths out in the, you know, Arctic or wherever, and they were frozen solid. Mm-hmm. And as you know, it warmed up in that area that was preserved because it was frozen in ice. So that that would work good. Um once you once you do that, you know, get your bird in the freezer and then you're ready to take it to the taxidermist. Mm. Let me throw this out there guys. Um obviously if it's a teal or something, a one gallon or two gallon Ziploc bag will work, but I always buy the three gallon if I'm gonna save a bird. It seems like it just everything fits from mallard all the way down to. If a you have bird. a ninety nine cent store around your house, you can get like five bags for a buck. I mean, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, okay, so let me and let me add in a little bit before you move on. Um, actually, remind I think I'm gonna do a video on this now. Actually, how to prepare a bird for the tax terms. And we're, we'll do a video on our Mid Valley Mercenaries channel because. I want to show visually pictures and things of things that have happened, why those are bad things like pantyhose or um, uh, what do you call shrink it? Wrapping the shrink it. wrapping. Well, it's not really called, I guess uh, it's shrink. Vacuum seal. Vacuum seal. Vacuum seal. Because what it is, guys, if you're, the vacuum seal, a lot of those vacuum seal bags have these raised like octagon patterns in them, some weird, like I've just seen weird different patterns in them. And Eugene, and you've seen bad horror stories of taxidermists online pictures of those whatever design was in that bag that they uh, vacuum sealed them in they literally it was locked in there they're ruined yeah like they have, they you can't pull it out of that right i think they throw those birds away that i'm not sure because i've never had one like that but i've seen the pictures a lot of photos yeah and yeah i'm sure it creates a headache if they're able to even if save, even a bird save like it, that. and then the pantyhose things, like he said, moisture of blood. What that does is, if you go to pull it out there, it's ripping those feathers out because it froze to the pantyhose. So it's just, just sticking in a ziploc. Yeah, right. I, you know, freezer burns a big thing too. If it's yeah. a long term storage, you don't want to get I've had that freezer happen. burn because it, it's hard to skin them. Sometimes you can't even skin them. Mm-hmm. Um, the feet shrivel up, and you can rehydrate them to a certain point, mm-hmm. but it's just more to do. 
I guess. You and know, more could it, go wrong for you. Yeah, make That's it easier on the on the, on the taxidermist. Um, another thing I forgot to mention was inspect your bird, especially if it's common a common bird, like a mallard, you know, pintail, mm-hmm. gadwall in our area, and make sure there's no missing feathers, especially I mean, not so much out of the body, but out of the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're gonna pose that bird flying out, you don't want yeah feathers missing or and the primary a lot of gone, damage. Three primaries are yeah, gone. you know, or or one feather's blown away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, shoot a nice bird, something you you would you know, and, and put on the wall. I, and let me explain to them what like from someone thinking of a different angle here of what you're saying. People are like, well. What do you mean, shoot a nice bird? What if it's the only Eurasian widgeon I've ever shot? That's then, a that's, that's a, different, a different story. That's a different story. Totally He's talking story. about if you want to mount a mallard, a common mallard, something you know you're going to shoot again or have shot before, wait till later in the season and also inspect that bird because yeah. it's a mallard and Check it's something it common. Now, if it's something super rare, obviously that that's not what he's talking about. So yeah. just to kind of enlighten people, make sure they're not. And thinking. a lot of times you can hide stuff, you know, if you yeah. are not so particular on the pose, mm-hmm. if it's a Eurasian widgeon, something like that, and it has some some damage, a lot of times you can do things that can hide that and still get a product out there. Maybe it's not the pose you would, you know, mm-hmm. be most desirable of, but it's a pose that is a nice representation of the bird, mm-hmm. and you can display it proudly and show your friends, hey, this is my Eurasian widgeon. Yeah. You know, I shot one when I was a, when I was a kid. And didn't even realize what you. I, I knew it. I knew it was different, but I didn't realize what it was until I took it to the check station. It was a young bird, and that was a bird I wish I would have got mounted. I wasn't doing tax for me at the time, right. but I didn't save that bird. Um, and you may never shoot another one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I've never even seen one. Hopefully, you know? you do. <laughs> Hopefully, one of us does. <laughs> I'm gonna throw something out there about Travis talking about plumage and stuff, and later in the year is better. I sent that that old squad to. Um, what's his name? My my mind just went blank. Shane Smith. Shane Smith, incredible taxidermist, by the way. But he was like, he called me up and he's like, "You sure you want to mount this bird?" Because <laughs> I knew why he said that. I, yeah. was, I was like, I know, I know. It was early in the early year, season. but we may never do that again. And that's just the time that worked that we had to go. Yes, we shot that because he's like, okay, because you know the tail wasn't as long, uh-huh. the sharpness of the white and the in the especially around the eyes. And the black patch, you see how there's white mixed in? Yes. It just wasn't a specimen that's yeah. in a taxidermist's mind, like, oh, this is so clean. It's more special to me because I might never sh- I'm sure I could shoot one again, but in that situation, it was like, it was my first one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't care. I want it done. I, I understand. I told them I understand. But in their minds, they're like, oh, this is insane. <laughs> you know, you look at it, you can tell there's a lot of, he's not plumed out at all, you know, especially yeah. in the face. But anyways... So special to me. So he's in the freezer now, and it's time to send it to Daxdermis. So, what's the? You get the bird now. What's your? Go ahead and start from the beginning and your your process. So my process is, you know, of course you have to have get it thought out. And well, how do you do that though? Like <laughs> the best way? Because I oh, mean, okay, um, I'll put it in some. It depends. If I'm gonna if I'm in a rush, I'll do what's called a quick thaw, where I'll put it in, you know. Hot water, but not like scalding hot. Inside the bag, though, right? Um, no. Oh, I'll, you take. I actually take it out. I'll put it inside there. I'll put Dawn soap in there because it's antibacterial to prevent you know slippage of the feathers and that sort of thing. Um, 
and I don't want to get it hot because, like I said, that starts a decay process. But the bird's frozen solid. So it's like an ice cube. You know, you can take a hot drink and put ice cube in there, and it's yeah. the water's not going to stay hot very long. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that in there with Dawn soap, and I'll stick that bird in there. And tell you on thaws. Sometimes I'll hang them. Um, if it's going to be an all-day process, I'll just set them out on, on the counter someplace where uh, – <laughs> I'll tell a story. But just someplace cool, you know, not in direct sun, mm. just where it's cool. Let it unthaw. But I kind of like doing it in the water. And the story I was going to tell is I had a bird that it was a widgeon. And it was not a storm widgeon, but it was as close to a storm I've ever shot. I would say it's it was cloudy. <laughs> it was a nice bird. It mm-hmm. had very little speckling, like the mm-hmm. black specks in his face. And I set that bird out. It unthawed. And my daughter came into the house. I had the garage door open. And she's like, Dad, the neighbor's cat is licking your bird. <laughs> I'm like, the neighbor's cat's licking my bird. I ran outside, and the cat had started with the head and chewed half of the bird's head off. And I've never shot another witch that looked more like a storm widgeon than that. Did the cat survive? Uh, <laughs> the cat survived, but I was really, really upset. So... <laughs> That's the only bird I've ever had anything Dude, like that's that That's a happen. horror story. Unfortunately, it wasn't someone's bird that I was mounting for. Yeah, them. right, right. That would have been a bad thing. But going back, so... Yeah. Safe place. Yeah, safe Let place. Let it thaw in the same Let place. It thaw, safe place. And once I do that, then I'll wash it, to get the soap out of it, and I'll let it hang for a little while mm-hmm. just to get all the, the moisture out of the feathers because weight can cause a bird to tear really easily if it's waterlogged, I guess you would say. So I'll let it kind of dry for a little bit. I'll skin it out. And the next step would be sometimes I'll wash them because they get blood all over them and stuff like that. I'll mm-hmm. wash them just in regular water, no soap, and then wring that out really good. And then the next process would be to flush them because fat will rot, stink. And if a bird is not... Well, did you talk about skinning it out? Yeah, skinning it. So just... Not, nothing special there. To no, some I use artificial heads. Some people will use a, a real head with a real bill and real skull. They can shrink. Okay. Um, so you, so you I always use artificial head. Any tips or tricks on skin that thing out without, because I mean. Take your time. Okay, like where do you start? Because we're talking to somebody that wants I'll start, to know how to. I'll start at the center of the chest and go down to the vent. Um, there's different, they say there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. I've seen different ways of skinning birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something called case skinning. I've never done it. I've seen people skin from the back if it's a belly out bird. Oh, yeah. so, so when you sew it up, you don't have a line there if you don't sew it up right. There's different ways. I've never did one from the back. Um, but pulling it off the wing, like say the whole. I strip it off the, basically what they call strip the primaries off. Okay. Um, Eugene showed me that. Some people will do a cut from the wrist to the elbow. And take the meat out there in the mm-hmm. wing. Whatever works for Seems you. Seems risky. Um, bigger birds like like swans. Oh yeah. And Canadian honkers. But that's still something you gotta sew up though, right? You have to sew it up. Yeah. You know how good I am at sewing. I hate sewing. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah, but at least you can do it straight. That's the part I think it's always messed me up on the birds. The main part. Sewing. Yeah, I can't. Like I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Or it tears wrong. 
in the whole process and get to mm-hmm. the sewing part and it's got this angle off thing angle i can't off. i can't fix that i've seen you fix some crazy stuff i don't know how you do it yeah i don't just just sew it back, you know. I mean, this is but, kind of a visual thing. You kind of need to see it. Yeah, you it. would have to see it. But I'm just we're just walking through. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, people are interested in hearing it about it and kind of So, I mean, if it's your first bird, try to get get the fat off. I the first bird I ever did, I I actually took scissors and cut as much fat off as I could. Took mm-hmm. me took me a long, long time. I and I didn't do a thoroughly effective job. I threw that bird away. Cuz it cuz of the fat was still on there when you got yeah, the finished product. Yeah. And it was ugly anyways, you know, it looked like we should be in a horror museum. It wasn't the best looking bird. It was a green wing till and it wasn't oh, those, an oddity. Those are already so hard to do. Yeah. It's like wet toilet paper when yeah. you try to deal with them. But get the fat off as much as you can. I bought a wire wheel from, I think it was Van Dax Taxidermy. It's okay. a wire wheel. It has a motor. It spins really fast. And just very carefully get as much fat off as you can with that. Be very careful because I have had birds. The wheel grab the birds, and that will give you a heart attack. I was mounting a pheasant for a friend. Going along, I was almost finished flushing it, and it grabbed a hold of it. (laughs) And a wire wheel spinning really fast, and a bird in there. Yeah, yeah, no bueno. It does bad stuff. And I'm (laughs) looking, I'm like trying to turn it off, unplug it as fast as I can. I get it out, and I unwind the bird off of there, and it was... Split in two, so I had some sewing to do, but it came out. It came out okay. No, it was actually uh, Darren Driscoll's bird. Oh yeah, yeah, it looks good though. Yeah, Yeah. looks real good. Is that the white one? No, no. Didn't someone shoot a? Didn't you? They shot an odd one, but they ended up eating it or Mm. something. Yeah, they shot it at some game ranch or something. But yeah, that bird was split. It was literally the only thing that was together. The head, the head, was there, and then it was like you took. A knife and cut it in two two pieces. It was you just took it apart. How did you get that? Back I just together, sewed dude. it. Sewed it. Yeah, you just Lots sewed. Lots of prayer and bigger feathers. It hides it. Yeah. it would have been a duck. Uh-huh. I probably couldn't have did it, or it would probably turn out as nice. But that worked. And so you want to get the fat off of it. And then what I do after that is I go through a really extensive washing process. I'll literally wash that bird with Dawn soap. I try to do it twice with Dawn soap. Really good. First, I'll start with it inside out, wash it, and let it sit there for 10 to 15 minutes in the water. Take it out, rinse it all out, go through it again. I'll put it right side out, wash it with Dawn soap again, and then rinse that out, Dawn soap again, and tie it with downy. I'll put it in there and mix that together and let it sit in there for probably about 10 to 15 minutes. What's the tide for? I don't know what it does kind of softens it up and gets junk off the feathers and makes them feel nice super clean i don't know yeah it just makes it feel... gets the grease well i guess dawn probably does that gets the dawn, grease off yeah. but yeah gets a lot of the fat out of there huh. and then after that i will rinse and rinse and rinse and rinse and rinse literally you want the water to look clear enough to drink hmm. if it if it looks cloudy you know has anything in there it's the bird's not gonna have when you Go through further the process, the feathers are not going to look as nice. They're not going to fluff out. So you want to literally get that bird as clean as possible. I'll take it. I will squeeze as much of the water out of it, and then I place it in Coleman fuel or white gas. A lot of people are against that process. It's something that I was shown how to do. I've never had a problem with it, but you have to be careful because it's flammable. 
and you don't you wouldn't want to be smoking a cigarette mm. and messing with white gas. That'd be pretty stupid. Mm. But I've heard of people catching themselves on fire, mm-hmm. um, you know, blowing blowing up, you know, just really damaging themselves from that because it's flammable. I'll put it in there for about 10 or 15 minutes, wear rubber gloves, and then I'll take it out and I will squeeze as much as that out as possible out of the bird. And at that point, the only thing that, that's really... What is that doing? What's the point? I of think that? it helps the drying process. I think it does get some of the oils off oh, of the bird. Oils and like water out of yeah, the yeah. Because when 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 I'm done, there's always a little bit of residue in the white gas in the bottom, and I just drain off the white gas and throw that. You know, mm. I put it on my weeds because it kills them. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'll do that and take it out, and then I'll let it hang dry for a while. I'll put a fan on it and just the bird gets kind of dry. Yeah, um, the feathers. Not totally, but it, it's it's kind of just very slightly damp. And then I'll take borax and mm-hmm. put it inside the bird. And the whole inside of the bird, I'll just put borax all over it. Um, and you can just get that at Walmart or Wal, Wal, Walmart. Pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. It just borax, says borax in yeah. a white box, guys. It looks kind of like... Was that 50 like, Mule Team or... Yeah. Something like 50 that? 50 Mule Team. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's powder. It's right in the laundry detergent it is. section. Yeah. So and I guess I think that's from Nevada, that they mine that from Nevada. Oh, is it really? From Boron, Nevada. I think that's where they get that actual Boron. brand. Or just any that. of it. Really? I don't know if it's the only place in the world. That, huh. I don't know. But, but people I, I still it use it for their laundry, but that's yeah. what you used to. I put it inside the bird. Um, And what I'll do then, what Eugene showed me is around the head and the edge of the where the bill would be, that I take um, scissors and I clip all the excess fat off around the the eyes and the ear holes. Because if you don't, what will happen? When you mount it, it'll like shrink. I guess that can mess the eye. Yeah, I think it can draw it. You know, because it's trying. Would it draw it away and make it more open? Right. I think it'll make it more tighter. It tight. Yeah, down but it can mess up the feather patterns. I think. And then you know you don't want a piece of flesh hanging out around the eyes or around the edge of the bill. It just doesn't look crisp and clean. So I'll take scissors and I'll trim all that off really good. Eugene showed me. Everything I know, Eugene showed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really appreciate his help. because And he, his and the name of his company is Wildfowl Unlimited Tax Journey. Check him out Montana. on Facebook. He ships worldwide. Um, well, worldwide, but. I think he does, doesn't he? Nationwide. Yeah, and for sure. And nation. he's mounted <clears throat> literally thousands and thousands of birds. Guy's awesome. And let me throw this in here and cut in here while we go to before we Travis goes to his next step. Guys, if you like this um podcast, you're enjoying this podcast, this specific one, or if you just like the podcast, the MVM show in general, help us out and um uh give us a rating and review. I know I ask you guys for that. I try to do better at that. And really just what that does is just helps this podcast get out there for more people, more people to see it. It will get suggested under other podcasts. Kind of just gives a little bit more exposure. But you don't even have to write a review if you don't want. If you just want to go in there and iTunes, give five stars or whatever, however many stars you want to give. But uh, just go in there. It helps it out a lot. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on Stitcher. Some people have been emailing me about that. We are on all those platforms. So if you guys want to listen to something else, you're maybe you're on Android, you know, we have we're basically on every platform you guys look for. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, the MVM show, give this video a thumbs up if you appreciate Travis uh, expounding his knowledge and experience with us. So 
Let's move on to the next step from where you left off. Um, got about a couple minutes, and I'll have to reset the, the camera. But All right, so what's the next step after the gas? So after the gas, what I do is I take it and I tumble it. It's called tumbling. I don't have a fancy tumbler. I went to Harbor Freight and bought a cement mixer. <laughs> and what I use in there is corn cob grit. I, I thought I got the, that. Is the fine. Didn't What's I that? get that? What? That mixer. I thought I went and got that. No, you got the... The dryer. The dryer. Yeah. I think I got that mix. Oh, but I told you about it. Yeah, you told me about it. You found it. Because I was looking and looking. I was all into yeah, it. Yeah, because we were... He was teaching me. <laughs> I need to do it again. So, yeah, I got a cement mixer. It works good, though. You know what? It works fine. How much was that? 100 bucks? 90 bucks? Wasn't like I don't remember to 120, but yeah, it was somewhere it in there. It wasn't bad, dude. That works good, dude. It worked. It works fine for everything that I've okay, done. Okay, Eugene's is homemade. Yeah. So I mean, but what's nice? Well, okay, here's not, here's the nice. different. Okay, he has baffles in his. Yeah, he puts it in there, turns it on. You could put some in yours though. And yeah, it can't. I guess the angle of it's just not gonna be ever. It's right, not the though. angle. The angle's never right. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have a door in front of it. Yeah. His is sealed up. He turns it on, walks away, and comes back and gets his bird out of it. This is fluffy. Yeah, and he can put three or four in his, and because he mounts volumes, right? I mount one bird a day. Is it? Isn't it like a fifty-gallon drum? I think it's a fifty-gallon drum. So what's the point? Okay, so corn crop grit. So that's in there, and you're putting the bird after the gas. And what's the point of doing that? Tumbling it around in there. It helps to dry it. Okay. Also, it. Seems to take like any junk off the feathers or something. I don't. It kind of scrubs. It's like that corn cobs kind of. Yeah, scrubs you know they put bullets in it to get to get the discoloration out of them to clean them. Yeah. When they. Oh yeah. Yeah. They for use reloading. Corn cob. They use corn cob grit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But doesn't it kind of somewhat like in a weird way tan that? It seems like it almost tans the inside of the hide. Yeah. We were talking about that when we went. Um, to train with Eugene, and he even admitted that, didn't he? Say, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, it's like almost like it tans. It yeah, or like it has that feel, like a like a pelt does. Almost, yeah, somewhat. So let it tumble in there, and then what I do is the, I take a. How long do you let it tumble? On average, I kind of just watch it. You know, and I kind of look like so the feathers are kind of separating okay. and and getting back to like they were normally. Um, I'll take it out, and then I have, I think that was made by Air Commander. Where'd you get that? Amazon. What the a pet dryer, yeah, um, air commander or something like that. I think it's it called it's orange, it's, it's I'll, an I'll orange one, it yeah. And but that's that's also, um, I guess people use those to dry their Harleys, yeah, cars, air dry. Some They're, of them are yeah, really strong. This so one, they don't the have to one I wipe and make. get little scratch because I guess towels kind of always have a little bit of scratch abrasion, yeah, lightly. Mm-hmm. It would take years to notice it, but I guess that's why they do that, yeah. So then I just start drying it. Blow all that corn cob grit out of there. Um, you you don't want the feathers to be damp at all. You want that down, that underneath, to, okay. f- to just really pop, fluff up. You don't want to get it too dry on the inside, I would say, because it didn't starts drying out mm. and can tear easier and just be stiff. So I will just blow dry it, blow dry it, blow dry it, blow dry it. Like more than you think, right? Yeah. Because I remember when I first, when started, first started trying to do it, we you were do like, enough. dude, it's not dry enough. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't doing it long. Like, I'd see the top layer, like, oh, that looks good. But you were looking even below the yeah, down underneath. all the way to the skin. That cannot be. 
You don't it's want incredible. That. It's fun when that thing's fully dry. It's awesome. It's it, like, it looks oh, like a dude, pelt. Is, yeah, it looks like a. It almost like why couldn't you just leave it like that? Yeah, it'd <laughs> be kind of cool. I thought about it. Yeah, I don't know. Would it last though? With the I have no idea. Huh. I have no idea. But yeah. so get it know, all. That's interesting. Yeah, just blow blow it really good, and then what? A lot of times I'll do is I will put get a cotton ball, get it wet, and stick it inside of its head. Because the eye around the eyes mm-hmm. can dry out really easily. Okay. And the edge of the, the where I'm gonna glue the bill back onto the artificial skull. I want that to be kind of moist and damp, mm-hmm. not wet, but just on the inside damp. And then what I'll do is I will blow that thing, just blow it super dry, take it out, and then start the wiring process. Wire the wings. When you're wiring the wings, I use um, I've used both methods. Eugene's method, and then Shane Smith, who mounted your old squaw. I've used his method. He has a couple good videos on YouTube. Shane Smith mounting a flying bird. Shane Smith mounting a standing bird. And he shows the technique for wiring the wings that I've been using, um, where you run the wires through the through the wrist. But you want to get the marrow out of the out of the out of the bones in the. I guess it would be like almost like your forearm. You want to get the marrow out of there because that will rot. Mm. Then also in the legs. And if you watch Shane Smith's videos, he shows you how to do that. Get that out. Wire the wings. And I use, I used to use uh, a couple different bird bodies, but I went to Shane Smith's bird bodies. I love them. They're awesome. They're awesome. The bird falls in place. Mm-hmm. Um, wire the body up. Uh, next step, I'll sew them up. And then I will put the head on, glue the head on to the artificial neck that I make. I make that out of, I get, Swamp cooler padding. Okay. And form that and wrap string around it, wrap string around it, wrap string around it until I get the shape that I want. Wrap black electrical tape around it. Eugene showed me how to do all this. Mm-hmm. Take a hammer and smash it flat because a bird's neck is not perfectly round. It's yeah. almost oval. Smash it on both sides. Stick that in there. Glue the head on. Uh, super glue around the bill. And then I will take cotton batting. And fill out the cheeks um, to give it, you know, a natural. And you put fullness. that into the eye, right? I put it into the eyeball. Yeah, mm-hmm. just be careful. Take a basically a long needle, pair of pliers, hold the needle and batty one hand, tear little pieces off, pull the eyelid back, and shove it down in there and get it to the shape I want. And then, what's next after that? Uh, you know, another technique that I've used, and I've used it with some success and some failures. I've actually shot uh, what's my, caulking. Mm. Latex, oh, for the cheeks? They text caulking to the cheeks to puff them out, and mm-hmm. they kind of just shaped them. How'd you like that? Twice it worked really good. Had an awesome result. And then I did it on another bird and put a little excess, and it shot out the eyeballs, uh, and that did not work good. So yeah. <laughs> I went back to the... The cotton bag. Stay safe. Yeah, <laughs> just to be safe because huh. you can always pull it out if you get uh-huh. too much. Um, after that, I will start posing the bird out. After I put the head on, start posing out. Usually start with the tail. You Something you didn't mention, mm-hmm. the mount, the wire to put the bird on the wall. I've okay. forgotten that not only this time, but also yeah. as I'm doing it. That can be very frustrating. What gauge wire is that? Just a guess. I don't guess. even know. Like eight? 
I'd say it's like nine. nine. Eight or nine. So guys, the 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 support heavy rod. duty support wire or rod, whatever you want to call it, that goes from the pedestal, the wall, or the plaque to the bird. Yeah. So you put that in before you sew it up, right? You should. Mm. At some point into the body. Yeah. Depending on where you're gonna attach it to a wood. Shane Smith has developed something called a ghost hanger, which I've never used, but it looks really cool. If you don't want a piece of wood and they're coming off the wall um, on a rod that's very sturdy, mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. And you stick it in afterwards, right? Or do you do? I think they mount the bird, and I've never Isn't done it. it so two, it's like two prongs. Mm-hmm. I think they make two where you can do it after the bird's mounted. Oh, another one where you can just basically do a slit in the bird. Okay. The side where it's not going to show underneath the side pocket feathers. Okay. And those look pretty cool. Yeah, get your support, whatever you're going to support on in there. And then you start posing it out. And once you get it you know, posed out, you use blue painter's tape, 14-day, mm-hmm. to kind of spread the feathers out, get those into the shape you want. And then I'll take latex caulk. You can only still use silicone. I haven't had much luck with silicone, but I know Eugene uses silicone. And I will lift up... Basically, at the junction of the scapulars mm-hmm. and, the, and the side right there, there's a little spot where there's not much feathers. I'll make a cut there and inject it into the wings. Just adds stability, strength, and, and helps the feathers lay better and mostly mostly for strength. Okay. And then if you take the back of the tail you lift it up, there's a little, I call it a rabbit. <laughs> yeah like a rabbit's foot or something it, it literally is like a, a little tail. yeah it's like a little i don't even know how to describe it but it's basically where the the oil glands that are at the base of the tail where they secrete onto there you'll see a duck reaching back there with his bill and you know mm-hmm. moving it around but what he's doing he's getting that oil out of those glands on his tail and putting on his feathers for waterproofing <laughs> and so i cut that out and i'll inject caulk into there and it seals the tail in place and then basically it's just the process of letting the bird dry. Um, typically about two weeks. Depends on the humidity in the area, probably. Take the tape off, paint the paint the feet, and I'll use Mod Podge. Matte matte Mod Podge, and I'll paint the feet with that. Kind of seals them, gives them a nice gloss color. And usually with the artificial heads, I'll put that on there after I paint the artificial heads. But I do that prior to mounting them. And then basically it's just, you know. Letting everything settle and touch. Yeah, and then doing just, you know, little. Little touch-ups. Little touch-ups. Little fine-tuning. Yeah. Putting the, all the feathers just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything gets out of place, you just put them back together. And then for the care of your mount, you know, I would say don't put them in direct sunlight. If you can help it as much as possible. The sun will bleach out the feathers. They're dust magnets. Give them the 99 cent store tip. So the 99 cent store, you can go over there. If you're a guy, you know, you might get some looks, but I get a makeup brush. One of the, I don't know how you describe it. Almost like when you go, you used to go to the barber and they put powder on your neck mm-hmm. and they hit you with that thing. Yeah. You know, but it's very, it's a smaller version of right. it for 99 cents at the 99 cent store. And that's it. If right you're there. watching on YouTube. makeup brush. Yeah. yeah if you're watching on YouTube. And this just is, go the direction of the feathers. to clean my, my mounts. And, you know, clean them off and just... And go with the grain of the feathers. Go with the grain of the, Go the direction of the feathers. <laughs> Don't be like my kid did when I was little and uh-huh. just rub back, rub the whole wood duck. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah. Yeah, but they are. You, well, that and that'll make them last longer too. Is just not letting that stuff collect on there, right? Pretty yeah. much. And like you said, putting it by a window with the sun's hitting it. Yeah. Eugene showed us a prime example of that, didn't he? One of his birds there, he had had out, and it was like, man, that thing looked. The sun beat it up through the window. Really Pretty good. Mm, I, I remember, remember that, but not specifically. Yeah. 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 I think the sun sun could cause it. I think even like your big game animals, you know, yeah. you do not want those in the sun. Yeah. Because it'll it'll bleach, bleach them out. Yeah. So, well, yeah, appreciate that's, you. That's pretty much it. Given the details of that, I'm trying to think if there's anything was missed or we didn't talk about. Um, again, you know, this is more just a, a an audio version of the listen kind yeah. of what the process is. And if it's something you might be interested in. I would probably mention one more thing. Um, when you go, when you pick a taxidermist, and I'm not saying I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I I mean, the first birds I did were really bad, and now I, I can do a bird that's presentable. I'll mm. put it on my wall. But there's guys that are so much better than me. It's not even funny. So it's just there's a whole range of gauntlet of of skill sets. Mm. But if you're going to mount a bird, cheapest is not always the best. And if your bird, look at the guy's work. Look at the guy's work. If it doesn't look like a bird looks out in the field, mm-hmm. don't fool yourself. And I don't know if it, what it is with duck hunters or whoever, but I've seen some of the hideous, scariest looking birds. They look nothing natural. Mm-mm. The wings go straight out from its body. There's no curvature. It literally looks like somebody took a stick and wrapped it up the bird's, you know, where he goes to the bathroom and he had a fright Stuck his wings straight out and his legs straight out, and that's what that's basically what the mountain looks like. Yeah. Feathers are tiled, so water runs off of them, and so you want to try to replicate that. Take your time and, and choose a taxidermist that does nice quality work, because you want something you're going to be you proud of to look. stick on the wall. You got to research. And, and do your research. Look, they don't have to live in your home state. No, because a lot of guys get ship. ship. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not it, a hard process to, me, to ship it. If it's something you want to hang on your wall and it's a trophy to you, then treat it like a trophy. Yeah. You know, don't be like, well, I'll just settle for this guy because I saved, cheap. 50, I saved 50 yeah. bucks. And if that's your thing, more power to well, you. Well, yeah, I mean, pe- everyone's, a, we're just trying to help because yeah. I think people, I really, I've seen people like, oh, look at this. I'm so happy. And I look at it. And like you said, it looks like the bird is something off a bad movie. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, you hunt ducks. You look at pictures of ducks. You watch duck hunting. You've held ducks in your hand. You see what they look like in ducks. So you know what they look like. How do you not look at that that magazines and and know that looks nothing like a duck? Yeah. And is it because you spent the money? You just try to fool yourself and say maybe I don't know. You know. But then you know, uh, I've seen guys just furious at the taxidermist because the job was so bad. But my thoughts are okay. I went to that taxidermist website. I looked up what he did, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how can you be mad at that guy? Because that bird he did looks just like it does on his website. Yeah. So don't be mad at him. You didn't do your research right. You obviously exactly. didn't look at his work. So like Travis said, look at their work. There is a ton of good taxidermists out there Yeah. that even we don't even know about. But just go look. Look at, you know, if you want to look in your state because you want to drive there, drop it off, and that's cool too. If you can't find anybody in your area, yeah, there's so much guys online that are good. And too, I mean, like you've had, you know, Shane Smith sent that bird back to you. He's mm-hmm. one, you know, world mm-hmm. world class taxidermist. Eugene Streisha 
world class taxidermist. Those two guys, you can't go wrong with either one. I don't think. Okay. Um, and those guys ship all over the world. Yep. And there's there's others. You mm-hmm. know, every state they have competition. What's that, what's that here's young guy? Thing, here's another thing I would say. Um, every state has taxidermy comp- competitions. And they have Facebook pages. That's a good idea. That's a good tip. Go on there mm. and look and see somebody that's competed and that's won awards in that area. Now, Eugene doesn't compete, but I would have him do a bird any day of the week. Right. He's done a few in here. Yeah. So, but that's that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's a good tip. Your state You're seeing should what have they do. Some, some Facebook page with the, you know, the, the competition. The guy that won first place... There's probably a reason he won first place or a blue ribbon or even, you know, the next ribbon downs. If you if he has a ribbon, he probably did a decent job on the mm-hmm. bird. Mm-hmm. And he probably couldn't go wrong there. And the thing is, there there's another level of tax numbers too. There's a level of guys that can do the the mount, and then there's another level of guys that can do all the habitat. If you're really into that and you want water and rocks and 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 habitat. Display cases. It's a whole nother I mean, that's all and that's costing more. Yeah. It, so there's there's a couple of things that could happen here. You could shoot a Drake Mallard, and maybe you've shot Drake Mallards before, but for some reason you want to mount this one, and the guy messes it up bad. Okay, yes, you're out 300 bucks or 350 bucks, wherever they charged you, but you know you can shoot another Mallard. But if you go in there and you shoot a hybrid, a Mallard Pintel Cross, you... My goodness, you better really look. Cause you, or you never went to Alaska sh- and shot a King Eider yes. or... A- Harlequin. That's a whole other level of you better watch what you <laughs> what yeah. you send it to because you can't get it back. No, you can't. Now, I have seen taxidermists that have taken mounts that were mounted that look bad. Eugene, I've seen him do it and fix them. Remounted that bird. How is that even? I don't possible? even know what he does or how he does it. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't even no, want to know. I have no interest in even trying <laughs> that. That's but, a crazy dude. I've seen that. Yeah, like re. It's like rebuild it. Rehydrate it and remount it. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I've seen it. I don't know how they do it. Well, give his Facebook page. What's his Facebook uh, page? Wildfowl Unlimited Taxidermy. Okay. He's in Florence, Montana. Okay. Nicest guy you ever met. Yep. Awesome taxidermist. Does does amazing work. Okay. And you and you probably don't want to. Are you still trying to do some no, stuff? Yeah, no. Yeah. No. I am. I am. I put his stuff all over YouTube, <laughs> and then now he don't do it. But no, no, he's got a different job, and it's a lot harder for him to yeah to spend the time doing it for for myself. So. Yeah, and yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> righty. well, guys, thanks for listening. Appreciate Travis for sharing this with us, and we've been meaning to do this for a while. Let us know, guys. Feel free. I know I haven't been doing the greatest at replying to emails because I get the MVM show at gmail.com for this. And I also get me emails from mercenaries at gmail.com for the other YouTube channels. So I do my best to answer. I'm sorry. I apologize if it slips through the cracks sometimes. I definitely want to try to reach out and respond to everybody that I can. If you guys have some guests you'd like to see on the podcast, we're working on that right now so you don't have to see our ugly mugs and hear our voices every single time. Try to get some different people on here. Um, they'll change a job for me. So I've been out of town training. So catching back up, getting back in the zone guys. How far is it? Travis? It's a lot closer than we think. 
June? Yeah, let's get rid July, of this stupid... Uh, August, September, October. We got five months. These stupid restrictions. Four if you're going to do till hunting. Yeah. Get rid of these restrictions and... and this, yeah, the coronavirus thing. Get and out. And our governor in California is a complete buffoon. But uh, anyways, the American people are staying strong and they're they're throwing their fists up in there. They're getting... They're revolting. So, and it's, it's stuff's getting back in line again. I don't know what it will be like. I just pray to God, Travis, that this doesn't affect anything with duck season. No kidding. Do you think about that? The closer that it gets, the more it creeps into my mind. Yeah, it's just like, because eh. those guys are all state workers or federal. I'm like, man, please do not. <sighs> Here's the thing, though. Duck hunting, you want to practice social distancing? <laughs> yeah, but and we I'm all wear about, masks. Well, we know that. No, I'm joking. No, I'm but masks. I'm saying the guys in that are checking you in and stuff. <laughs> I know. If it wasn't for them, it was, who re- cares? It's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, they're gonna be like, oh no, we. No, I was, can't. I was, I was being facetious. You want to get I as know. far away from other hunters as you can, right? And right, we, we wear I'm face just, masks when we're duck hunting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about getting in the refuge to no hunt. Kidding. Period. So I don't know. You know, different states are shutting down non-residents. So it's like. Well, I think it'll be fine, though. I think we'll be okay. Stuff's opening back up. Even California, I'm sure a lot of you guys in other states probably been open for a while. But, yeah, California, the restaurants, dine-ins back open. Went to Mimu's this morning, and a lot of places around here are open. So it's good news. Churches, stuff like that, everything's opening, so it's good news. So, all right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 